Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, so today's episode is all about being prepared, which is really funny considering yesterday's episode was all about the fact that I didn't record a podcast (laughs) and partially because I didn't prepare early enough. So I am preparing this earlier in the day, uh, the day before you're listening to this, and I and more prepared today. So that's exciting. If you haven't listened to that episode though, uh, incidentally, go listen to it. Um, It's episode 65, everydayconversion.com forward slash 065. And I share some thoughts that I've had recently, uh, some things that came up in in, uh, gospel doctrine on Sunday, and just some things that really have been bouncing around my head. So I think you'll really like it, and I think you'll get something from it. I hope you do. So go listen to that real quick, and then come back and listen to this. So today we're going to talk about the parable of the 10 virgins, which many of us think of as being about being prepared. You know, we have this story, just to recap it really quick, there was five or uh, 10 virgins, and it says the kingdom of heaven was likened unto 10 virgins, uh, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So it's this wedding party. And it says five of them were wise and five were foolish. And they were wise or foolish based on whether they had oil in their lamps. So they went... And they, they waited for the bridegroom, uh, waited quite some time, obviously, because it says that they uh, slumbered and slept. And it says about midnight, there was a cry that the bridegroom was coming. And the ones that didn't have oil said, hurry, let it, you know, share some of your oil with us. And the ones that had oil, the wise ones said, no, if we give you oil, then we won't have enough and none of us will be able to get in. And so they said, go and buy oil, you know, go buy some oil. And so they went to do that. Well, they went, while they went to do that, the bridegroom came. Those that had oil went in uh, to the wedding feast or the wedding, um, uh, went into the marriage, and it says, and the door was closed. And when the five that went to buy oil came back, they knocked on the door and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. Um, And it says, uh, verily I say unto you, ye know me not. Um, So... And that's a Joseph Smith translation, and that that really changes the what that means. Um, so we'll get into that here in a second. But there's a few things about this that really stuck out to me. You know, as you know, I'm I'm a fan of looking at the other side of things and, and really asking. And this was one uh, that we read with our family uh, on Sunday. And I, you know, I asked myself, I'm like, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more than just make sure you have oil in your lamps. Make sure you have your own testimony, which is what we talked about my kids or talked about with my kids. But there's a few things that stuck out to me. The first was, yes, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. But even the foolish ones went forth. They waited for the bridegroom. They had lamps. So 
they didn't necessarily, I mean, they weren't completely, completely, you know, just duds. I mean, they didn't just not go. They went, they brought their lamps. They waited. I mean, they waited quite some time because it says they slumbered and slept. So they were there a while. So they showed dedication. And in the, in the story, in the parable, we know from the beginning that five are wise and five are foolish, but that may not have been evident right away. I mean, it may not have been evident to the wise ones that the foolish ones were foolish. And it, I mean, I think it certainly wasn't evident to the foolish ones that they were being foolish. Because if they had realized that, either of them, you would think that the wise ones might have said, hey, you might want to go get some oil now. And uh, the foolish ones might have said, hey, we might want to go get some oil now. Or maybe we should have brought oil with us. So I, I don't think it was as clear to those in the story as it is to us that they were foolish. And, you know, they missed out because they weren't prepared. And I've always thought of this as being, well, you have to have your own testimony. You can't rely upon the testimony of others. You know, you need to know for yourself. And I think that is a valid analysis of this parable. But I think it could be other things as well. I think it could be, um, you know, living a Christ-like life, you know, being prepared. You know, it talks about in the end, you know, the Savior says after he finishes the parable, he says, watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So yes, having a testimony is one of the ways that we need to be prepared for the second coming. Absolutely. But we also need to be prepared by living the gospel, by keeping our covenants, by serving others, by living a Christ-like life. And this could very, very, just as easily be a encouragement to do just that, be an, an encouragement to do just that, excuse me. You know, not just our testimonies. We don't just have to know that things are true. We don't just have to have faith. We have to actually live the gospel. You know, I I, I often tell people, and I remember I said this a ton um, as bishop, but, you know, Heavenly Father's goal isn't to get us somewhere. It's not to get us to heaven. It's for us to become something. And I think that's important to remember. The goal is not to get us somewhere. It's to become something, to become someone it's not to get to heaven, it's to become like Heavenly Father. It's to become like Jesus Christ. It's to be perfected in Christ. Because if it was just to get somewhere, then Satan's plan works perfectly. I mean, he was going to get us back to heaven. But it didn't work because we didn't become something. We didn't become the type of people that we needed to become. We didn't become like our Father in heaven. And reading through this, you know, this idea of you know, the Savior, like these, these five foolish virgins not being prepared, not being ready, not having become something. They hadn't, you know, you could look at it and say they hadn't become the type of people who were self-reliant or who thought ahead, you know, who planned ahead. You know, when I served as bishop again, I mean, I noticed one of the biggest, one of the biggest causes of trials and trouble in people's lives was not being able to plan ahead. Not being able to look ahead and saying, this is going to happen, I need to prepare now, both physically and spiritually. You know, physically, I saw that over and over again. You know, the people that needed um, help, sometimes, not all the time, I mean, people have hard times and, and things happen. I'm not, I'm not saying that it doesn't. But many times, the people that needed help didn't realize they needed help till the day of. You know, they, they asked for help with their rent the day before it was due. They asked for help with groceries when their cupboards were bare and there was nothing left. 
And many times I had the conversations where it's like, hey, I would prefer you to come to me early in the month and say, things are really tight. I've got these things happening. I've got these obligations. We have medical bills. We have, you know, know, our car broke down or whatever it is. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to meet all my obligations. I may need some help. I would rather that happen early in the month than have you come at the end of the month and say, it's an emergency now. And spiritually, the same thing happens, you know, spiritually with our testimonies and with living the gospel. You know, how many times do we see somebody that um, they they decide to turn to the to the Savior, to the to Heavenly Father when things are tough? And Heavenly Father's love is infinite and he helps them. But how much better could they have dealt with those things had they done those things earlier on? You know, so I think it's important for us to realize, you know, that, that that's kind of what the Savior is saying is, look. Look ahead, plan ahead, but not just with our testimonies, not just with our faith, but with our actions, by living the gospel, by doing the things that will bolster those testimonies, but will also bolster our ability to face the trials and to be prepared when the Savior comes. The final thing I want to say about this is something that a a good friend of mine um, said. Uh, He was uh, one of my missionary companions, and uh, he was actually a missionary that I trained and Elder Bascara, Keith, hey Keith, if you're listening to this, um, I hope you are, you better be, uh, if you're not, I'm going to send it to you so you do listen, but I remember he said something to me that really impressed me, and it's really stuck with me, and we were teaching one day, and I don't even remember what the context was, but he just looks at this person, and he says, your second coming could be tomorrow, or something like that, and I think we were talking about the second coming, and I don't know if we had had a conversation about, well, it's probably a long ways away still, and we've got time, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think we may have actually been talking about, you know, the scripture in the Book of Mormon where it talks about not procrastinating the day of your repentance. And I'll have that in the show notes. I got to look up the reference because I don't know what it is off the top of my head. But it'll be at the show notes at everydayconversion.com forward slash 066. But he said, your second coming could be tomorrow. And we always think, you know, when we read this where, you know, the Savior says, watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. But as the prophets in the Book of Mormon say, this life is the time for you to prepare to meet God. And if your life ends tomorrow, it might as well be the second coming of the Savior. It might as well be because the same end result happens. Your time to prepare is over. And so I think a lot of times we, we read this scripture and we think, oh yeah, second coming of Christ. Yeah, it's getting closer. Yep, the work is the work is moving forward. But man, you know, they've been saying it's getting closer for 200 years. I've probably got at least a few years. No, you might not. You know, we have to live every single day as if that will be the day that the Savior returns. As if that will be the day that our ability to repent, to prepare, to fill our lamps with oil is over. You know, how differently do you act if you realize that today might be your last day? You know, we talk about that all the time. People say that all the time. You know, live like live live today like it's your last day. And yes, that means to take the vacations you want and to 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 love your family the way you want to, but it also means to prepare. It means to live the gospel the way that you want to as well. It means to live as if the second coming is happening tomorrow. Because nobody knows. You know, none of us know when that day is going to come. You know, our second coming might be and in all likelihood probably will be before the second coming of the Savior. It'll be that day that we leave this life and enter into the next. 
because our time to prepare to meet God will be over. And I've always loved that. So Elder Bascara, thank you for sharing that with me. I've remembered that for all of these years. Man, it's been a long time now. Whew, 15 years? Yeah, probably 15 years. But I've never forgotten that. And I think that's an important thing to remember. So my questions for you today, and I might actually add one based on what I just shared with you there. Uh, but the first one is, how can we ensure that our lamps are full? What, what types of things do we do that fill our lamps? Um, what ways do we fill our lamps? Um, and the second question is, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to change it. I'm going to make the second question, um, how, would your, how would you change what you do today if you knew the second coming was happening tomorrow? How would you change? What would you change today if you knew the second coming was tomorrow? All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org. 